0: hey, friend, how are you doing? Okay, how are you really doing? And I wonder if someone stopped and asked you that question, how is your heart? Would you have an answer? Could you put into words how your heart is really honestly doing? Or if you have a need right now, could you name what that is? I find that to be so tricky sometimes but it is a journey that I'm on. So I'm just imagining this conversation today like we are hanging out at a coffee shop and we're just having a little heart to heart about some things that I've been learning recently about hurry and slowing down. And I just want to share with you what I've been learning. I'm on this journey with you. We are never done learning and growing. So I just wanna say, let's chat. Let's grab some coffee and chat. And I wanna share with you what I've been learning today about slowing down and eliminating hurry and why that is so important. Hey mama, welcome to Intimacy After Infidelity. Do you find yourself Googling, can a marriage survive infidelity or what's the first step to divorce? Do you wake up full of hope only to end the day with more shame when there's another stupid argument again? Hey, I'm Christina Joy, Forgiven Daughter of Jesus. I too felt the shame of infidelity and wished someone had a roadmap for how to get out of the mess so I could experience freedom. I kept telling myself I just needed to try harder to end the affair and fix my marriage until I found I needed Jesus to heal some deep wounds in my heart. Through prayer, lots of research, and developing new healthy habits, I was able to find healing shed my shame once and for all. Now I'm excited to share everything I've learned with you. So find your safe space and pop in that earbud. Let's rebuild your life and marriage better than it's ever been. All right, sister, I am going to jump right in today into this idea of hurry, how it's hurting us. And these are some of the things that I'm currently doing to try to eliminate hurry. So there is a book I'm currently reading, called Ruthlessly Eliminate Hurry from Your Life. And it's by an author and a pastor. Uh, His name is John Mark Comer. And I have heard this idea before, and boy, it is time for me to revisit this in my own life. The idea of hurry, I believe, is killing so many things in your life. I believe that hurry is hurting your marriage. And I believe that hurry is hurting your relationship with your children. And even on top of those, I really believe that hurry and go, 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 and this this constant on-the-go mentality, I really think it's hurting your relationship with yourself. And I know that it's definitely not helping your relationship with God. I often think of the Bible story when God was speaking to Elijah And, you know, God didn't speak to him through uh, the wind or the fire or the loudness. God spoke to him in the quiet, in the silence. And so all of this gets me thinking, how much silence do you have in your life? Because you see the idea of busyness and being hurried all of the time It's usually a sign that we're avoiding something. For example, this happened the other day. I'll be honest, my husband and I were in a conflict. We had an argument, we had some words exchanged back and forth, and I found myself wanting to be very busy for the next couple of hours. I suddenly had energy to do laundry and wash the dishes and put the clean clothes away and vacuum the floors and pack the lunches. I was finding everything I could to stay busy because I was avoiding a couple things. I think I was avoiding the moments that I needed to process the conversation in my own spirit, and I was likely avoiding any more conversation that my husband and I needed to have. So that could happen in your own home, but I think it could happen on a larger scale as well. Maybe you decide to stay so busy with work, or you're always checking emails, or you always have a message to answer, or you always have social media to check. You name it, we are always staying busy, and it might be with good things. Maybe you have activities at church, maybe your kids are in sports, or just after school activities, whatever it is but we're go, 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 go. Do we ever stop to think, what would I fill my time with if that wasn't the case? What would I do if I had extra time on my hands? What is it that I'm avoiding? Am I avoiding the the awkward silence and stillness of when it's just me and Jesus? Am I trying to avoid the awkwardness when it's just me and my spouse in the room? Or am I trying to avoid, you know, the time I have with my kids? I love them, but maybe sometimes playing is hard because playing requires us to put the work down. So I hope you see my point here that often when we are thinking, I've got to go, I've got to go on to the next thing, we are choosing that busyness and the hurry over something else. And usually it's something that we're trying to avoid. But I think that it also hurts us because we can't slow down to see other people. We can't slow down enough to have conversations with other people and to listen to other people to empathize and to hear where they are and what's hurting them, what's causing them pain and struggle right now? Or even celebration. Can we slow down enough to listen to other people and to celebrate good things with them? Now, I also want to put one caveat in here before I tell you about what I'm doing to eliminate hurry in my life. The caveat I want to put in here is there's a difference between hurry and busy. If you think about the word hurry, it's actually related to other words like hurricane. And you can imagine, even when I say hurricane, you, you kind of picture and you feel the chaos, you know, things are swirling around and it's just chaotic, it's just a mess. So that's hurry, however, People can be busy and still live a peaceful life. I think about Jesus. His days were busy. They were filled with important things, things that were part of his mission and his obedience to his father. He was loving people. He was healing them, listening to them, pouring into them. Jesus's days were busy. But yet, I've never heard anybody describe Jesus as in a hurry. He seemed to operate in his own timetable, even though his days were full. So that's a challenge for us to check what are we busy with? Are we we always on our phones? Or are we playing with our kids? And that's our priority. Are we having those conversations with our spouse to build our relationship? Or, like I said, are we actively trying to clean the house because we're trying to avoid quality time? So step back and just kind of evaluate what are the things that fill your time? Are they your top priorities? Are they the things that you really want, things that really matter? Or do you find yourself filling the time? And in that case, it might be more of a hurry. I am busy. I have four kids to get out the door by 7 a.m. every morning. We are gone for school. We get home. We have homework and dinner and bath time and bedtime. And I crash. And then I get up the next morning and do it all over again. Pack the lunches, start the breakfast, get us out the door. So I understand busy, but my goal right now, the thing I am striving for is to still live in that peace, even in the midst of kind of a busy season. So how am I doing that? First of all, I am trying my hardest, not perfect, but trying my hardest every single morning to be up well before the kids so that I can have some quiet time with God, my father, my prince of peace. I have to be in his presence, in his stillness, in his word where I can listen to him. And even that time, it's a challenge because sometimes I want to enter that space with my to-do list and my craziness and my chaos. And God, I have all of these 20 things going on today. But one thing that has helped me even in that time frame is to practice silence and stillness. And initially that started out as setting a timer on my phone for two minutes, closing my eyes, getting my body in a comfortable, uh, respectful position. I'm sitting up, You know, I'm sitting in a posture of prayer, but I'm still and I'm quiet. I can quiet my heart before God. I have no agenda. I just want to be in his presence. And that centers me around that time to say God is in control. God sits on the throne and I can open my hands before him and release all of the things that are on my mind. Of course, God wants to hear about the things that are on my mind. But first, I can surrender to him and sit in stillness and silence before him. That gets my body and my mind and my heart out of this constant hurried state. So I'm up before the kids. I'm intentional with my time with the Lord to get out of that hurried mentality, even with him. Another thing uh, that kind of piggybacks off of that is that throughout the day, I try to operate uh, within my day in these time blocks. So in the morning, I have a block of time that I know is for my Heavenly Father. After that, yeah, it's family, it's breakfast, it's packing lunches, it's getting kids and myself out the door. I'm focused on that and nothing else. Once I get to work, it's time to work. You know, I can talk with my coworkers. I can take my breaks, but I'm focused on work and not the 50 other things outside of that. But then I thankfully have the job that when I'm done with work and I leave, I'm not thinking about it the rest of the day. My mind is present to where I'm at. So if I'm at work, my mind is on work. When I leave and I go home, my mind is on home with my family and my kids and the things that that I want to pour into my home, my house, my family, my loved ones. After that, after kids go to bed, yeah, then it's myself or time with me and my husband. So my mind and my heart are there. I think that's one thing that's important to eliminating hurry is that we're not trying to multitask all day, trying to do all the things for all the people all the time. It, it doesn't work. That's not the life that Jesus has called us to. So there's a, a famous quote by, I believe it's Elizabeth Elliot, wherever you are, be all there. That is one way that you can eliminate hurry. Okay, and the last way to eliminate hurry out of your life Is to have regular rhythms of doing just that, of eliminating the hurry. Are there times when you can set your phone down and go be present with the people that you're with? And is there a rhythm once a week where you could have a day of rest and joy and delight? You know, in the church circles, we often talk about this as Sabbath. Not just attending a Sunday morning church service, but really taking the day and doing things that bring you life. And, you know, originally I thought, okay, it's just something God told me to do. You know, what, what is it that I like to do? Go do it on that day. But my perspective has shifted in that as I am genuinely busy throughout the week, having that day, that Sabbath gives me something to look forward to, to say, yes, I can work hard for these six days out of the week. And oh, I am so excited that I have a day that's coming where I can rest and I can delight and I can stop the work from the week. So friend, if you find yourself in a season of, whew, I am going, 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 and I am about to crash. Friend, can I encourage you to slow down before the crash, before the burnout, before severed relationships, before you lose precious time with your kids that you'll never get back? Ruthlessly eliminate hurry. It is that important, like your life depends on it, because it does. Take some time, look at the life of Jesus. Think about how he lived in his priorities. He knew the mission his father had him on and he filled his time with those things, but he was never hurried. When, he, when Jesus spoke with the people, they knew that he was present with them. But how was Jesus able to do that? Because he often went away to a solitary place by himself and refreshed himself in his father's presence. So, sister, I pray that over you today as well, that you will find time away in your father's presence where he can refresh your soul and then where your cup is full and overflowing when then you will be able to pour out to others. Sister, please take care of yourself. And if there is any way that I can be of help, or if community is that thing that you're missing, where you need community to fill your cup and you don't know where it is because it just hurts. You're afraid of what people would say if they knew your story. Sister, I would love to invite you to our Facebook community where it is safe, there is no judgment. We are there to encourage each other and fill each other's cups so that we can heal and be our best for those around us. So I love you, sister. Take care of yourself and let me know how I can be praying for you and how I can best support you. Hey, mama. I hope today's episode encouraged your heart. If you need to talk about this some more, would you send me a message at ChristinaJoyCoaching.com? Also, please take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It thrills my heart to know this podcast is helping you heal your heart so you can shed the shame of your affair. I am cheering for you, and I can't wait to hear your story. I'll meet you back here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for another episode. As always, be clothed with strength and dignity, and laugh without fear of the future.